Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Special Education Matters. I'm your host, Michael Bull, and I have an 18-year-old son with autism. I don't know about you, but the thought of hiring a lawyer for any dispute makes me go into a near panic. Right away, I start thinking about just how much is this going to cost. This is especially true for parents like us who have a child with special needs. I mean, really, is it worth the cost to hire an attorney to advocate for better or additional services for our children? Or would it simply be better to take those costs and use them for services or therapies directly out of pocket? I talk with Richard Isaacs, an attorney at California Special Needs Law Group today about this. He points out that there are different methods for covering attorney's fees, and depending on your situation and case, it may not be as expensive as you might think. Program note here, Richard and I do work together at California Special Needs Law Group. All right, enjoy the conversation. Richard Isaacs, thanks so much for joining us on the program today. Yeah, my pleasure. Glad to be here. All right. So today we are going to talk about something that for many people is pretty scary, and that's how are legal services paid for. So, I mean, a lot of us might have this imagination of this lawyer in an expensive suit driving an expensive car and think to ourselves, oh, my gosh, I have to pay for all that. But in my situation or in a situation of people similar to us, we have a child with special needs and we're not getting services through the district that at least we understand our child is legally entitled to. And so maybe it's time for me to contact a lawyer. But my worry is that that's going to cost me a lot. Again, I have to pay for those expensive suits and those cars. And we talked a little bit before the show. And from what I understand, there's three different ways that uh, lawyer's fees can be paid for. One is I could just pay for it all up front, you know, whatever the hourly rate is. The other is, is that an attorney might charge a retention fee, sort of, sort of a deposit up front, uh, give their time fronted, and then we can recover the fees in a settlement hearing. And we can talk about that in a minute. And then the last one is somebody might just take it completely with no charge up front because they like the case so much. Does that sound right? Yeah, that's that's a good description. All right, do you want to talk about the first one then? Like, what? So, if I was, if an attorney, do some attorneys just simply say, "Look, uh, you have to hire me, and it's going to cost you X amount of dollars." How does that work? Right. So, just like in other areas of law, there's different type of firms. They have a different fee structure. Uh, there are plenty of firms out there that run like the typical firm in a sense. They're going to charge an hourly rate. And you're going to pay that hourly rate. And with that, you usually start with a retainer. And it might run about $3,500. Uh, that might be negotiable. Um, and you're going to have to keep that retainer up. And they're going to bill against that monthly. And depending on the complexity of the case, you know, fees can run from a few thousand dollars up to around $100,000 um, if they end up at trial. It can get expensive. Okay, so you're scaring me a little bit, but just real, so I could potentially be on the hook for $100,000 for a case. Is that true? Yeah, but one of the things to remember is the client is the one that controls the, the case, and there always should be no surprises, and there should be clear expectation of fees. So even if a family is going to pay the fees, and that means, you know, keep the retainer up, they're, they're going to be part of the process, and they're going to know each step of the way. And again, when I say 100000 that's the cases that are going to go all the way to hearing, they're going to have a full trial, and that would be on the, on the top end. Um, okay. Most cases settle, and the fees are, are, are much, much lower. So the retention fee then, or the retainer, as you say, is basically a deposit that the lawyer draws from. So rather than charging after the fact, they want the money up front, and then they draw from it. And I assume they would discount you or re- 
return all the money that they didn't use, right? That's correct. So when the uh, you know when they concluded the the contract or the agreement working with the family, they would send back any unearned fees. Okay, got it. So what would be typical fees? Like what's what's an hourly rate? I mean, you said we t- the two things I guess that I w- would be thinking about. What would be a typical hourly rate or a range? And then you know you mentioned from a few thousand dollars to a hundred thousand. What's actually a more typical amount of money that it might cost? Yeah, so, you know, attorneys bill hourly depending on their experience, uh, their level of experience in litigation, say trial experience. Um, Right now, attorneys are charging anywhere from, say, around $200 to probably around $500 for special education. And, you know, it's been a little while since I looked at it, but some of the attorneys that have been doing it for a long time do a lot of appellate work. They may be charging over $500 an hour. Okay. Typically, though, a special education case, and that's working with, you know, to conclusion, reaching a settlement, is going to take, it can be 20 hours of, of time up to 80. Um, somewhere in there is probably the, the average. If you go to hearing, you're looking at about 150 to 200 hours. And I know those those are scary, and the numbers are scary, you know, when you throw out $200 an hour, $400 an hour. Generally speaking, though, um, a good law firm is going to find solutions. So they're they're going to look at mm-hmm. what's needed. They're going to need to quickly um, figure out, you know, the, the missing data, get that data, and start providing s- solutions to the school. Um, and it's something that parents need to remember too: that most cases settle outside of, of trial. And just for example, I was talking with a, a judge the other day, mm-hmm. and he was saying about 97% of cases right now, and this is in, in California, um, are settling outside of a mediation. So most cases are going to settle. From my experience, you know, you're looking at anywhere from three to five thousand for your basic case. And that and that's in, in legal fees. And that's to to reach a quick resolution to, you know, I would say average probably about eight to ten thousand. Okay. So, um, so if you can pay on your own, the expectation is look, be ready for about ten thousand dollars or so. That that's correct. And that would be in your your average special education case. Okay. So, but the good news is that that's just one of three options. So the other option we talked about was paying a retainer or retention free, uh, fee up front, and then the law firm fronts their time with the expectation that uh, in, at settlement, the lawyer's fees would be recovered, right? That's that's correct. So the, the nice thing about special education laws, it does fall under the civil rights law. Yeah, tell me about and, that. Right. So the, it's it's... <laughs> Because most of our discrimination laws and our civil rights laws apply to the government, um, discriminating against the people, if there's a dispute there and your suit is against the government, you have the right to collect your fees. So in a special education situation, yeah, the dispute's with the school district. And if you can prevail that the school district discriminated against your child because they didn't, let's say, for example, provide that free appropriate public education, that mm-hmm. FAPE that's mm-hmm. required, you can seek your attorney's fees. Um, what that means is if you go to due process hearing, the due process is a, is an actual hearing. It's an administrative court. It's informal. Okay, so it's um, different than the judge with the jury and all that. This is more casual in a sense, less intimidating. That, definitely less intimidating. And as I tell you know families over and over again, you know they hear trial and they hear you know they they get nervous and there's witnesses. There is no jury. Um, it's in a small conference room typically um, at the school district. The state provides a judge. Um, you sit at a table, the district sits at a table, and there's a witness stand, and you, and you basically just have a conversation 
and you, you present evidence, and that would be IEPs and assessments. It's still a trial. It's still serious, um, <clears throat> but it's informal in terms of the code of evidence or, or the evidence code and how we get you know uh, exhibits in. Uh, and then a judge comes out with a decision, and if the student prevails and there's no appeals, um, you parents have the right to recover their attorney's fees. Now, that's a different – opens up a different – scenario on how you get those fees paid. Okay. But typically, because the districts know that if they go to hearing and lose, that they're going to be on the hook for the attorney's fees in settlement, they're going to cover a percentage, if not all, a parent's attorney's fees. So that's that's pretty much common then. So it's, it's an expectation if you lose as a school district. And again, the school district's the government. And when you talk about suing the government, the school district, that's the same thing, because it's funded through our public dollars that the expectation is that the lawyer's fees will be covered essentially by both sides and by the district. That, that's correct. And I've been doing this for almost 10 years, and in every single case, we have had um, funding. And it depends on the strength of the case, obviously, but we've had some funding, if not all, of the attorney's fees paid for by the school district. Okay, so if an attorney that charges the retention fee and then fronts their time and then you win, then odds are you know 99% or whatever the time the fees are covered. What if you lose... Would the client then be ultimately responsible for the fees? Right. So in the, in the cases of a loss, and that's an interesting scenario, too, with what does it mean to, to lose. Um, most cases reach a settlement. And right now, you know, like, like I mentioned before, it's about 97%. Last time I looked at the actual state numbers, it was about 92% are, are settling. Uh, that means that there's a settlement agreement being reached, which means the parties outside of hearing are reaching a settlement. I, and I don't know if every one of those has attorney's fees built in, but every one of the settlements that, that we work on do. They they okay. have um, the, the attorney's fees included in the settlement ag- agreement. And if you lose, though, that would mean either you drop the case and you don't reach a settlement. And we've had to do that uh, strategically at times. We, we pull back, we dismiss the due process, and that might be because we need more information, we want to trial a placement for, for six months or something, or just not not ready. And then we can, you know, go back at it later via the, the due process, uh, the, the complaint. If you go to hearing and lose, then you're correct. The, the district prevails, they defended themselves, and there's, mm-hmm. the, you know, they don't have to pay the attorney's fees. And, and that, that's happened. And obviously, we've been in that situation uh, not very often, but we've lost on some issues and not been able to recover fees. Okay. And then you can, you can settle on some issues and go to trial on others, right? That, that's correct. Okay. So, I mean, the odds are, again, pretty realistic that some settlement, well, you also, you're going to be incentivized to do a settlement because you're going to want to, at least as a parent, I'm going to think, okay, yeah, let's settle. And then I'm not going to be as responsible for these fees. Maybe I won't get everything I want, but at least I'm not out $8,000 or something. Right. And it's always a, a, a risk. Um, and it's sure. something that cost benefit analysis, but it's, but it's a, a manageable risk. And, and what I mean by that is parents are in charge every step of the way, because they're the client, you know, they're hiring the, uh, the attorney to represent them. So there should be no so surprises and they can always pull back so they can get into it a little at a time without fully vesting. It's not something that you hire an attorney and you just assume you're going to be 20,000 in and may get none of that back. Um, because that money, in all honesty, is better spent getting services for their child. Um, sometimes um, you're not going to know the strength of the case until you get into it. So, uh-huh. you know, 
it, it's nice to get into it, have a case review, figure out what data is missing, go get that data, and then you do a full ca- you know case analysis to, be, before you file. And that's a discussion with the family and, and the attorney, and then you can be more concrete with the cost. Okay, got it. So now, um, then the third thing was that, and I, that there would be no charge up front at all, no retention fee, and that the attorney would do the case, and then would, it would all settle out later. And it, that, of course, it makes me imagine the, re, I don't know what the, the contingency fees, right? If you get a car accident or something, a lawyer comes running up and says, I'll sue that guy for you, and you won't have to pay unless we win or something. But it's not that, right? No, well, every, no, I mean, it's it's not not that <laughs> the benefit of, of the uh, the civil rights uh, arena and specifically the special education attorneys is it's a different breed of attorney, generally speaking, um, and this isn't necessarily true for the district side attorneys who are defense attorneys and you know they make money by going to hearing they make money by by billing. Um, parent side attorneys, it's different because most of them really care and they care to do the right thing. So, you know. We, we take pro bono clients every year, which means we take clients for free. We don't charge them anything. And um, if we can be effective and we can get results for them, you know, we're more than happy to do that. Now, obviously, we can't take every case as a pro, pro bono case because we have, you know, bills to pay and, and, and we have to keep mm-hmm. the, the light on. But there are firms out there that will really, that will do a case analysis first to, to determine how strong the, the, the case is. Some look at the income of the, the parents, and they'll decide on, on that. But um, what they what they anticipate, though, is settling the, the case or going to hearing and getting their, their fees. The one caution I, I have for families, and I've seen some settlement agreements come from different firms that do that, is sometimes the settlement agreements aren't always in the best interest of the child. And, okay. and, and, and what I mean by that is they'll settle for fees because they need to get paid. And where I, where I look at a settlement agreement sometimes and say, you know, they probably should have pushed harder here and they should have gone and they should have invested more of their time and there would have been a better outcome. But because they're not getting paid unless they, they get the fees – they they tend to put things in the settlement agreement that's not in the best interest of the child, and that that's not a, not every case, but that's something that families should be aware of if they're not paying anything for fees or for, for their attorney. So you're talking about a lawyer in that case is incentivizing. I mean, they are as a human incentivized to let me settle this thing, get my fees, and get out. And you have to be careful that that isn't happening. That's yeah, and it, it's hard to know because I'll look at a settlement agreement a year later when I talk to a family, and let's say they settled for assessments. So the district says, "Okay, we'll pay for all these assessments, but you're going to waive all of your rights, and, and we'll uh-huh. give you attorneys." Uh-huh. Well, when when we get the assessments and we know everything that the district hasn't done to meet the child's needs, we want to act on that, but they've waived all their rights just to get the assessments, and the attorneys gotten paid. So it's it's frustrating because then we can't leverage that. Now we can go forward and, and, and we can work with the school district, but the better approach would have been not to settle the case, get the assessments, and then work on resolution once you know what the child actually needs. Okay. Now part of all this would be the needing to bring in experts to do assessments from outside the district itself, and those experts cost money. I, I'm guessing that they don't have similar arrangements, that they actually need to be paid directly, and perhaps you can get it, the money back when it settles, but you're probably going to be on the hook for their fees up front, right? You you are yeah. That's that's an unfortunate newer development in the special education 
arena. Typically, under civil rights law, you can recover attorney's fees and expert fees, which means if you go to hearing, your attorney can recover their fees if they win, or you can recoup you know, your, your fees that you paid your attorney, and your experts can, can uh, if you win, can get uh, reimbursed for those. You can get reimbursed for those fees as well. Unfortunately, I think it's been about a decade now, the Supreme Court came out with a decision that says in special education cases, which fall under the IDEA, the Individuals with Disability Education Act, that that statute doesn't allow for expert fees. Um, and, and what that does is it puts, it definitely puts families that, that are going to struggle to go to hearing because of costs in a really hard situation because experts depending on the expert mm-hmm. you know they're going to be about 5000 3000 some about 6000 each so okay. you're looking at um, say 10 to 15000 just in expert fees that are not recoverable to go to hearing how however and this is a really good thing and this okay. this is this too is i think unique to special ed a lot of experts and i've i've gone to hearing where the expert has charged nothing because they believe in the child they want to see their child get the services that they need um, because it's going to change their, their their life. And they've vested, you know, they're vested in this process. So oftentimes if we don't get discounts from experts, we will have experts, do, you know, front their time for no, no cost at all. Okay. So that's certainly good news. And do you think most law firms probably know experts that are likely to help in that way? You know, like, so if you work with a lawyer, they might say, hey, this expert is more likely to help you out. Well, and I mean, yes. I, I, or are you no, not we, allowed to refer? No, we, we can. And definitely okay. we're going to use the, the experts that uh, we're familiar with. Mm-hmm. It gets a little bit complicated in a sense. Usually that happens because the family already has a relationship. And, and let's say, for example, we have a speech pathologist that's been working with mm-hmm. the child for three years. And either, you know, the, their insurance is paying for it or parent, parents might even be paying for the therapy. And then when it comes that, um, for trial, that speech therapist might say, you know what, I'll, I'll go testify for three hours and, and prepare for free and, and not charge you my, my time. It's usually the relationship already built. When it comes to assessments, that is something we really try to get the districts to fund. So, you know, if they're going to spend 10 hours assessing the, the student, mm-hmm. we're going to the district to pay for that. The district just doesn't have to pay for them to testify. And that's that's the the hard piece. Um, but again, there there are a lot of good assessors out there that will discount or, or you know give their time away for free. Um, and that typically will, will bring the cost down. I think the last trial that we ran, we had about thirty five hundred in expert fees. You know, we got a lot discounted, but it, it still cost the family that that much money. Okay, so it sounds like just sort of to sum it up here that I'm mean, we should we'll have to do another talk later on what questions to ask to find a good attorney. But one of the questions certainly would be the fee structure, and you could you might you'll ask the person, do I need to pay for it all up front? Do you do a retention fee where you front your time, or do you not charge any fee at all, and then you know, basically you front your time completely in the beginning, and then everything's recovered in hearing? Those would be the three options. Do you think? Yeah, though I mean, the, right, and, and there's obviously some caveats, you know, with, with, within that. And sure. Different firms are, are going to do different things. I think the biggest thing to remember is it's scary when you hear numbers, and mm-hmm. I, I went at thirty three hundred dollars an hour with no end. Like, I don't know if it's going to take you a hundred hours or, or five hours. I have no idea. So the biggest thing, and this is something that, that you know, I always try to share with the families that I work with, is no no surprises. I don't want to add more stress to your life, and money will add stress. So we're going to try to be as clear as we can 
every step of the way. Generally speaking, when we first start a case, I, I give, you know, after I hear the factual situation where we're at, the unique, the unique circumstances, I try to give a, an idea of how much time I think it'll take and, and how much money it, it, it will cost. Um, okay. And then as we build a case, I, you know, we, we adjust it. But most cases settle. And, you know, from, from my perspective, I really think that we should work really hard so families don't have to pay much at all. And if the school district has really done the wrong thing, as the attorney, we need to get the evidence that we need to show it. We need to package it up and present it in such a way that the school district settles and the school district covers a majority of parents' fees. Okay. All right. Well, hey, thanks so much for your time today. This was good. Yeah, you're welcome. All right, that's a wrap for today's program, but you can get more information if you need to. Head to csnlg.com slash listen, where you'll find show notes from today's show as well as other shows that we've done. And, of course, there'll be an option there for you to subscribe so you'll be notified about every single show that we do in the future. I'm your host, Michael Bull, and we'll talk again soon.